thank you so much for answered prayer, for ways that you work in our lives. And Lord, we know you're working in our lives all the time, but um, we're the ones who stray and we're the ones who aren't paying attention. So I pray that you would open our eyes, um, and especially today as your scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed. Open our eyes that we would see you more clearly. Open our ears that we would hear that word that you have for us today. And just open our hearts that we would be challenged and convicted. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So our scripture this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, and it's a familiar passage as we um, begin learning about the Sermon on the Mount. Um, Let's hear now the word of the Lord. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Since the beginning of the year, we have been talking about what it means to be a true disciple. And some of those messages have been pretty tough to hear. They've challenged us, and hopefully we have felt convicted by them. But isn't it funny how we respond when we feel challenged and convicted? We get a little defensive, don't we? We become uncomfortable, and we even get mad at the preacher. I admit that last week, I was a little bit mad at Reverend Tara for her message. But when I thought about that and I prayed about it, I realized I wasn't mad at her. I was convicted by her message. And when we feel convicted, that is the Holy Spirit inside of us telling us that something needs to change, that we need to work on something. But we hate that, don't we? We don't come to church to have our world shaken up. We come to church because this is the place where we're supposed to feel the love. This is the place where we come to see our friends and sing our favorite hymns and say some prayers and hear a message that will make us feel better about ourselves and get us through whatever is ahead in the next week. This week I read about a preacher named Wilbur Reese, and in one of his messages, he presented a listener's guide to sermons. He said that sermons should be rated, much like we rate our movies. A G-rated sermon is suitable for all audiences. They are generally acceptable to everyone. They are sermons that encourage everyone to go out into the world and be a good person. It's a warm, fuzzy message, and no one is ever offended by a rated G sermon. PG sermons are for more mature audiences. They have mild suggestions for change, but they're subtle enough that the pastor can backpedal if, a, if something is offensive to someone. He gives an, an example of a brilliant PG statement. 
The either-or of the existential situation provides a plethora of alternatives, both specific and non-specific, when one grasps the eschatological aspect of incarnational Christology. <laughs> now, you know that you've heard a good PG sermon when you walk away scratching your head and saying things like, boy, that was very deep today, very thought-provoking, Pastor. Now, if the preacher has done a really good PG sermon, nobody actually knows what they said, but nobody's willing to admit it. Then you have the rated R sermons, where um, the preacher just tells it like it is. A rated R sermon usually indicates that the pastor has another source of income because people are definitely offended by them. These types of sermons are only for people who really want to grow in their faith, people who want to be challenged to be more like Christ. Then there are the rated X sermons. Those who preach an X-rated sermon, um, they get run out of town like the prophet Amos, or they get themselves thrown into a well like Jeremiah, or they get themselves crucified like Jesus. If you preach an X-rated sermon, you better have your bags packed and the moving van in the parking lot. Today, I pray that this message offends you. I pray that you leave here today feeling convicted, knowing that you need to make some changes in your life, knowing that as a Christian that you are called to a higher standard of living. That is the message that Jesus is telling us today, and it was the message that he presented to his disciples that day up on that mountain. Jesus' message to those first disciples and to us is about the meaning of everyday discipleship, what it means to be a true follower of Jesus on a daily basis. Now, the chapter before this in Matthew's gospel, we read about Jesus calling the first disciples, and then we see that Jesus traveled throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread, and people started coming from all over with their loved ones to bring them to Jesus for healing. The last verse of chapter 4 says, Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. That's a lot of people. So when Jesus saw these large crowds coming, we're told that he went up on a mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and Jesus began to teach them. Now, this is significant because the people that Jesus addresses with the Beatitudes are those on the inside. They are the ones in his inner circle. And he's teaching them what it means to be on the inside, what it means and what it takes to be part of the kingdom of God. Now, each of these begins with blessed is. Now, we sometimes, as Joel mentioned, we see those verses translated as happy are those. They are happy instead of blessed. But if you look at the Greek, that's not really a very good translation. The Greek word for blessed carries much more spiritual weight than the word happiness ever could. Happiness is a feeling. It's a, a feeling that comes and goes with our circumstances. Right? Being a happy is a, a result of a good feeling. Being blessed comes as a result of a strong character which is what we see in the Beatitudes. 
Now, we tend to be familiar with the G-rated version of the Beatitudes, the version that makes us feel better about ourselves and our circumstances. Now, today we don't have time to dive, really dive into each one, but for each one of them, I'm going to tell you two things, what it doesn't mean and what it does mean. So if you'd put that first one up there, Stephanie, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now this one has nothing to do with your financial situation. It is not talking about those who are feeling sad or lonely or depressed. Poor in spirit is the realization, realization that you are and your life is not about you. It's the realization that you are nothing without God, that you are nothing without Jesus Christ who saved you, and that you cannot do this life without the Holy Spirit who sustains you. Poor in spirit is acknowledging that you are not self-sufficient, but that you need the triune God. Next is, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. This one is not a blessing for those who are just sad about their life circumstances, and, and it is actually not about uh, for those who are grieving or mourning the loss of a loved one. This is a mourning over a world that has gotten so far from God's purposes. This is about having a broken heart for people who aren't saved. This is about grieving when you see injustice and violence in the world. There's a verse in the contemporary song, Hosanna by Hillsong, if you're, anybody knows it, and the, the words say, break my heart for what breaks yours. It's, what the, it's about feeling that heartbreak for those who are lost. So yesterday I was making this PowerPoint and I was thinking, I wish I had a really good illustration for what I'm talking about here, that deep sense of mourning. And just at that moment, I looked over on Facebook, which I never do when I'm working on a sermon, and I saw this video. And many of you know Kelly Jeffers, who was, our, was a secretary here at one time. Kelly was, had just posted a video um, of, of herself and um, and I sobbed when I watched it, and it is an exact illustration of what we're talking about. So I contacted her, and she gave me permission to show you this video. So if you could put that up there, Steph. You know, I just want to take a moment and talk to you guys about taking a moment to reach out to someone when you see them. So I was at the dollar store, and this young boy walked in and he had his hood up and he was looking kind of straggly and I looked into his little face and I thought, oh, I know this kid. And sure enough, I did. And I stopped and talked to him, asked him what grade he's in, what he's doing, you know, he's 15. I said, pretty soon you'll be old enough to get a job. And he said, yeah, I'm looking. Talked to him a little bit about his plan for after school and he got in the checkout line behind me he had a bag of chips in his hand and I know this kid and he doesn't have the best home life and I said how, how, how's everything at home are you with your mom and he said yeah he said my dad's back in prison and I said you know sometimes that happens 
I said, it's, it's hard to, to rebuild your life sometimes, and you know, it happens. And then it was my turn to go in line, and I bought his chips and gave them to him. And when I was leaving the store, he was just kind of hanging out outside the store, and he buckled the belt on his pants. His pants were kind of falling down, and my heart just went out to this young boy. And I said, do you mind? I got back out of my car and I said, do you mind if I pray with you? And he said, sure. And so we prayed. And I just cannot tell you as I drove away. And his little face looked up at me and he smiled. You know, we are so quick to point the finger at someone when their life hits the skids. But where are we in those moments where we see these young people who need someone to reach out to them? It's so important that we are not afraid to reach out to someone when we see that they are at risk, lost, hurting. And I just wanted to share that with you guys. Don't hesitate when you see someone and you have an opportunity to say something, say something. Blessed are those who mourn. That's the kind of mourning when your heart breaks for somebody else and for an injustice or for the lost. That's the kind of mourning that Jesus is talking about in that particular beatitude. The next one is, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, this one is not a blessing for people who are just weak or shy or powerless. This one is often taken out of context. It is not saying that if you are in an abusive relationship that you should stay. It is not saying that if you are being sexually harassed at work or at school that you should just take the abuse. This is not saying that at all. If you're in either of those situations, you need to get out. You need to talk to a trusted friend um, or an authority. By meek here, Jesus is saying that you should be humble and submissive before God. It means that you should be aware of and confess your sins to God and that you should submit to God's ways. It's about seeking God's will and living for him in everything that you do. The next one is, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This one is not encouraging you to stand in judgment of other people for their mistakes and sins. This is not about being self-righteous like the Pharisees and the teachers of the law in Jesus' day. They studied the law. They knew it inside and out, which made them think that they were better than everyone else. This one is not about following a bunch of rules. It is about your character and the attitude of your heart. It means that in every circumstance, in every aspect of your life, that you should be passionate about resisting temptation and sin. Think about it. If you went a whole day without food or water, think about how hungry and how thirsty you would be. That is the desire that Jesus is talking about that his disciples should have for righteousness. Next is, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. 
Now, this one is not talking about simply being nice to a stranger or doing a good deed for a neighbor. It's not about just having compassion for someone who is sick or visiting someone in the hospital. While those are good things, but that's not what this is talking about. Think about it like this. In God's great mercy for us, he did not give us what we deserve, which is punishment and death. Instead, he gives us what we don't deserve, which is forgiveness and eternal life through Jesus Christ. That is the kind of mercy that Jesus is talking about here. Persons who are, are merciful show mercy to others. They demonstrate forgiveness toward those who are guilty, even if they don't deserve it. They don't hold grudges. They forgive. That is the mercy that Jesus is talking about here. Next, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. A lot of times we say that someone has a good heart, which means that they care about people, right? They're kind and they're considerate. It basically means that they're a good person. But that is not what pure in heart is about. It's not about just being a good person. One person that I read this week said this, Jesus continues an important Old Testament theme in which a pure heart describes a person whose single-minded loyalty to God affects every area of life. When a person is single-minded, they can't think about anything else. Jesus is talking about having that kind of single-minded loyalty to God, where you live for God in all that you do. Next, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Now, this one is not a blessing for pacifists or people who avoid conflict at all costs. Peacemakers are people who have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. They have peace with God through the cross. And by their life and their witness, they bring others to peace with God. And because of the peace that they have experienced, they desire to lead others to Christ. And then we have, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This one is not a blessing for people who get picked on or bullied. This is a blessing for those who refuse to compromise with the world or with lukewarm believers. It reminds us that we will face opposition from the world when we don't agree with them. But again, it's not talking about a difference of opinion or differing political views. This is a blessing for people who stand on the truth of the gospel no matter what the popular opinion is. These are challenging, aren't they? They're not rated G as we thought they were. These are more like X-rated messages. It should shake us to our core. But you know, it's so much easier for us to be nominal Christians, to, to call ourselves Christians, because we don't want to be challenged. We don't want to have to change. We just want to be comfortable. But friends, that is not discipleship. That is not being a faithful Christian. Jesus wants more from his followers. He wants disciples who are willing to do the hard work. He wants disciples who are willing to give up their own desires for the sake of the gospel. So our challenge this week for all of us is to decide if we are ready and willing to be that kind of disciple. Are we ready and willing to be the kind of disciple that Jesus is calling us to be? Let's pray.
Lord, we ask today that you help us not be nominal Christians. Shake us out of our complacency. Stir our hearts that we may become the disciples that you want us to be, that you are calling us to be. Lord, bring of Jesus Christ for what breaks yours. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people say, amen.